Welcome to another edition of the Big Three Show. I am, as always, your host, Oliver Maroney. Championship edition. Championship after the championship, I guess you could say, edition of the Big Three Show. We have a very special guest, as always. Every week, we got a new guest from the Big Three. This week, no different. Very special guest, Nancy Lieberman, coach of the year, coach of the championship team. She tells us how she did it, how she gets it done, and how she moved the needle for team power to become champions. She gives a lot of credit to her team, her players, and just how they strategized and went about winning the championship this year in Big 3 Season 2. As always, I want to encourage you guys, give us a 5-star review, rate, subscribe, Keep listening, whether you're listening through Dash, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever it may be, however you may be listening, we always appreciate the listens, and I want to thank you once again for tuning into the Big 3 Show and Big 3, live on Fox, all season long. It was a blast, it was so much fun, and I'm really ready to get into this show with Nancy Lieberman, up next. Like trilogies, like companies, like PIGs, got the sum on lock, Big 3 on Fox. And we're back with another edition of the Big Three Show, uh, the final edition of this season. Season two ended in a just, it's, it was an illustrious performance by Power to take home the championship, to win in the fashion that they did with all the, you know, dings and dents and bruises and whatnot that they had coming into that game. And I'm really happy to be joined by the coach of Power, the coach of the year as well, Nancy Lieberman. Nancy, how's it going? It is fantastic, and it's been uh, it's nice to get home. But you know, uh, a week ago we were celebrating uh, on the floor of the Barclays Center, so we are we're overjoyed as a team. And you know, just today we were you know group texting. It's kind of weird not playing and not being in another city together. It is a little strange. The Big Three season comes and goes very quickly, uh, as I experienced this season and last season. Um, what is it like just week in and week out with those players that you have? I mean, you talk, you have some of the greatest personalities on that team, uh, Big Baby and Birdman and Catino and uh, Corey Maggetti and Quinton and all those guys, Xavier, Jerome, etc., What is it like just being with those guys on a week-to-week basis and then just talk about winning that championship with that group? Well, I think you hit it on the head. We have a lot of personalities, but they're just such incredible men. And, you know, we we bond first and foremost with family Uh, today. I mean, the videos that are being exchanged of all their children and, you know, the kids sending messages to one another. It's really kind of cool. Um, you know, it's a bigger picture for us. And then the talent that they have and their will to win, they had such a drive for their own unique personal uh, reasons. You know, uh, for Catino, it was that they were one possession away uh, last year from making it to the finals. And he basically had to carry, uh, had to carry his team. You know, when Corey got injured, uh, you know, Cat had to do everything for us. So, you know, he wanted to win real bad. He was willing to sacrifice his game. Uh, you know, Big Baby was happy that we believed in him and, and you know, Cube and, you know, uh, Commissioner Drexler, you know, st- stood up for him, uh, you know, before the season when people were saying he wasn't going to play. 
and we as a team did as well. So, uh, you know, Birdman is just a super cool guy, very likable and very loyal. So we have so many guys with personalities. Um, Hugh Richardson, tough as nails, uh, loyal, hard worker, our best defender. So very proud to be a part of, you know, everything that they did for us. What, in comparison to other things that you've done in your career, you know, you've had a Hall of Fame, obviously you're in the Hall of Fame, but you've had a Hall of Fame career coaching and playing and just, it, where does this rank in the scheme of things? Do you have a place where this goes? I mean, obviously it, you've got some recency bias uh, <laughs> with it being so soon, but is, is there a place where this belongs on your top lists of achievements? Uh, it, you know, I've been uh, coaching for over, you know, 23 years now, and it's by far the most unbelievable experience I've ever had in my coaching career. And I say that because, except for the Sacramento Kings, every team that I've been a part of has either won a championship or made it to the playoffs, uh, whether it was WNBA or the legends in the, the D League, uh, now it's the G League. Um, the the WBL we lost in the finals one year then we won the championship the next year so to be a part of something on a level like this with the big three and knowing how badly these guys wanted to get that chip and you could just see it in their eyes from the commitment from day one you know we just wanted to set set them up for success and Everybody came with the goods. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, some of these guys have had some of the best coaches in the world. I mean, Stan Van Gundy and, uh, you know, certainly Pat Riley or Spolstra or, I mean, Doc Rivers. These guys are champions. Uh, Bird has two rings. A big Baby has a ring with Boston. And we just wanted to make sure that we understood what was at stake. Yeah, it was... I got to tell you, as far as championship celebrations go, um, last year I witnessed what Trilogy went through, and it was pretty remarkable and incredible to watch those guys win. Um, and it seems like this year, even more so, the you could just tell the emotion and the meaning behind this. For guys, I mean, I, I, I'm throwing out an example of Corey Maggette, who you know, tore his Achilles last year, and... You know, we talk about it in basketball all the time. We talk about it about DeMarcus Cousins right now. Can a player come back from an Achilles injury? And he comes back, not only wins the MVP, but then to be able to win the championship with your group. I mean, that's just the the ultimate goal, I would say, to be able to be from, to go from not playing at all or, you know, suffering a season-ending injury to coming back and winning this thing. And it seems like every player on your team had that. And so when it when it happened, that initial reaction was just so genuine and original and honest and just I it's it's really I can't say that I've experienced anything like it and I didn't even win. So I just want to go through like what were the emotions when that final shot with Katino Mobley goes in? What what was that like for you? That like you know, minute, 30 second, you know, feeling. It probably goes on for hours and hours after that and still probably lingers with you. But what was that first initial reaction like for you? 
Well, first of all, it couldn't happen to a, a, a better man. For, for Catino Mobley to hit that last shot, uh, considering what he went through last year where he had a shoulder the load by himself virtually, even though he had his teammates, but when Corey went down. So that was just poetic justice. And then, uh, you know, Corey Maggetti, uh, you know, our captain, our MVP, captain of the year. Uh, to your point, I don't know of any player in the history of sports. Show me one. I, I will reverse my my uh opinion show me a player in the history of sports that tore their achilles tendon one of the worst injuries you could have and not only came back to your you know again to your point to play but then to be the mvp of a very talented league you know he he scored 34 points one game which is a big three record in the championship game he had 27 points and he just seemed like he was at peace and there was just something about him in that game. Uh, he he was just unbelievable. His calm, his experience, and he was hurt. I mean, on Monday before the game, he texted me around 11 or 12 at night, and he says, Coach, I'm a no-go, because he tweaked his hamstring again yeah. in Dallas. I mean, they flew they flew Kobe Bryant's uh, trainer, uh, you know, specialist to Brooklyn. Uh, to work with him, uh, Dr. J- Jocelyn uh, Miranda, who was with us the whole year. She's probably co-MVP in the league because she set up like a, a medical triage in her room and the guys were going there on schedule. Uh, she worked miracles with their bodies, with deep tissue, with stem, with lasers. I mean, y- you would not have believed how these guys took care of their bodies. They would get into a city and Q and uh, Catino and Corey, they would go to float tanks. Then they'd go to hyperbaric chambers. Then they'd go to IV bar to get, you know, IVs. Uh, Then they would go back and Jocelyn would work on them for a second time that day or maybe even a third time. They are the ultimate professionals on and off the court. Yeah, it was, I mean, that, uh, I, I saw some of their Instagram stories. I think I was in Brooklyn at the time, but didn't know where they, they were in their hotel room getting IVs or something like that before this championship game. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it, it really, how, how has your experience, like for the big three and what you... What you started with this season two and for the big three and what this means moving forward... Um, just talk about like your experience in the big three overall and just kind of elaborate on what you enjoyed most about it and why it made it so special to win this championship. Well, my experience is this. I was hired by uh, Clyde Drexler, Commissioner Drexler and Ice Cube, and they entrusted me um, to, you know, help set standards. Uh, They're game changers. They're cultural changers. All right. I I understand that being a woman, it was not a factor, but to the public at large, it's still new and not normal. Our job was to make it normal. You get past that. Then my job is to give our players 
the most information that they can get from a game plan, uh, whether it was player personnel, whether it was strategies, whether it was the actual game plan for the game, film. That's my responsibility as a coach. We wanted to set the standard in the league on and off the court uh, for how people should conduct themselves in preparation and showing up for practices and for taking this stuff seriously. This is Ice Cube's money. This is his business with him and Jeff and Amy. And we value this. We don't take it for granted that there's a big three league that allows us to extend our careers, keep in touch with our fan base, continue, you know, for our brand to be in the public and then compete as athletes. We're, we're wired from the time we're young uh, to compete and to play. And these guys were successful in the NBA for many, many years. And, you know, some of them made millions and millions of dollars. But you're still playing for the chip. And that brings out the best in people. Uh, players, players play, coaches coach. And when it's all said and done, players determine probability and outcome. Our guys had skill and will. And they knew exactly what they wanted. And they went after it. And I applaud them for that. And Corey Maggette was front and center. Um, I said it weeks in. He's the MVP of the league. Yeah, he, he he played remarkably well, especially down the stretch when you guys needed him most. Um, you talk about his calm, his demeanor. I actually spent a lot of time with him last season when he did get injured. He did a bunch of on-air stuff for us, and <laughs> it felt like every time uh, we went to do a post-game interview, whether it was with Allen Iverson or Gary Payton or whoever it was, um, he's in this boot, and you could just tell there was like this fire under his butt that he wanted to get back, and he couldn't. And to see him, like I said, come full circle here and win the championship, uh, you know, seeing that firsthand and personally knowing, you know, Corey and what he's made of, just who he is, family man, like very approachable, honest, uh, just a nice guy, down to earth, you know, um, to see him do that and to see this team. You talk about Big Baby, another guy who, uh, you know, he even admitted went through some depression before joining the Big Three. Um, I, I did have a question just about your team overall, and uh, you have a lot of players that have a lot of fire and a lot of motivation and a lot of drive, but how is it that you got these guys, how do you keep them motivated through the entire season? Because I'm sure there's ups and downs, especially with, you know, like you talked about, the injuries and the nagging kind of pain that they went through throughout the season. How do you keep them motivated and how do you keep them focused, I guess you could say? Well, you know, like I said before, they're paid professionals and, you know, I don't have to start their engines. They, they have to learn how to do that themselves. And they did, you know, they brought it all the time and we motivate each other and we motivate each other with, with, you know, strategy, with communication, with checking in on each other. We communicated daily with one another and that was very important uh, to me. You know, I mean, you have to be able to communicate with your team if, in fact, you're going to do something special. I have to know who they are as men. 
Yeah. I wanted to know their wives. I wanted to know their girlfriends. I wanted to know their children. Uh, we wanted the, the kids in the locker room. We wanted them to be a part of who we were. Uh, to me, that's essential. And like I said, when you have captains like Corey, you know, Corey Maggette and Katino Mobley, I mean, those guys are dogs. Uh, don't let Corey's Christianity and nice guy uh, confuse you or confuse the, the fans. That guy has dog in him. He was like that as a player. He's like that today. He's just absolutely unbelievable in how he comes and how he competes. But it's, it's not when he gets there. It's not when Cat gets there. It's not when Q gets there. It's prior to getting to the arena is where they make their money as professional athletes. Yep. These yeah. guys do their work. Big Baby was playing in the Drew League with yeah. Catino. <laughs> I mean, these guys were a Birdman was, you know, working on, on his game. I I dig that about our guys. You know, Xavier Silas. I mean, he he knew he wasn't going to get a lot of time, but he was my right arm. I mean, we were talking about it. I'm like during the game, I need X, Y, and Z. Can you get this? You know, can you keep your eye on this for me? Everybody had a role, and everybody played their role to the best of their ability. But the, the secret sauce is our communication and our belief in one another. Definitely. I've got a question. I've got a couple of questions from Twitter, actually. Uh, Mary Moore asks, I want to know who her favorite coach to go against was and which one she enjoyed beating most, or which one she most enjoyed beating. Apologize. You know, we don't look, I, I don't ever look at it like that. I mean, we don't look at the schedule and say, okay, well, that's Julia Serving or that's, you know, Charles Oakley. We just play hard. It, uh, our opponents are faceless. You know, we look at it as uh, who's your best player? Who Who's the one who can cause the most damage? What do we have to do to take, you know, uh, David Hawkins out of it or Nate Robinson or, you know, uh, Andre Emmett, you know, we're not worried about the coaches don't play, you know, this is a very competitive league, but there's also a lot of relationships and friendships Sure. and the fans would be, you know, surprised, you know, how deep these things go for, you know, 20 years. So we don't really worry about that. We just do what we do and stay focused on the task at hand. We play possession by possession basketball we, we were the best defensive team in the league, and that was our secret sauce. You yeah. know, Glenn Davis, he played for, he played for Doc Rivers. Uh, he played with Kevin Garnett. He is a high IQ basketball player, uh, especially on the defensive end. Uh, big baby, excuse me, Birdman. He is so intelligent. We say something one time to him, and he's like, "Okay, coach, I know exactly, um, I know exactly what I have to do and why." And boom, and he, he does it. I mean, he just has such a a gifted understanding of the game defensively. And you saw what he did. I mean, talk about a rim protector. Yeah, you it's know, next level. It, it it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, the way you guys manage to just move in tandem and work in tandem and 
be able to throw out a guy like Birdman in for Big Baby or have them both in at times or rotate, um, switch. Uh, you know, I was actually a little bit worried just because of, and this is obviously the outsider's perspective, but I was a little bit worried coming into that championship game. There, all the talk was power this, power that. They, you, you guys took everything. You got the MVP, the coach of the year, the captain of the year, all these different awards. And I, I think people were, you know, potentially uh, the people who'd watched, I, I was a little bit scared that somebody like Andre Emmett may, may get an opportunity. And then you see the start of this game. I'm really curious and interested to see what was your game plan on a guy like Andre Emmett? Because the week before, obviously... I think it's one of the most impressive uh, big three performances that I'd seen in Andre Emmett and what he had done against three-headed monsters. But you, you go into the championship week, and, and Andre really, it seemed like he was a little bit out of his game. And I'm not saying that that was necessarily all your game plan, but I was just curious, how did you game plan for a guy like him? Because he's so good. He's he's big. Uh, he's versatile. Uh, he Wait, can hit look, the outside shot. Look. We know exactly what he does, okay? We know how many dribbles he goes left. We know, uh, is he better from 15 feet or 17 feet? We know when he wants to shoot a three-pointer that he has to be able to have his feet set. We know uh, that when he goes left, he wants to spin back right. That's my job. That's my job to, to tell our players what these tendencies are, what what is he looking for, when is he looking for it, and then you know, it's our job to build a wall behind everybody or to force him, you know, weak him, weak him to, you know, his, his weak hand. That's what we were doing. You know, we're smart people and we were creating opportunities, you know, defensively to make him pass the ball, whether it was denying him the ball, you know, we, we, we were, we were playing Deion Sanders, you know, basketball, you know, we wanted to know who was going to be our shutdown corner. Yeah. You know, who was going to, you know, force him to not get the basketball. And if he did catch it, where was he catching it? What area of the floor? We were tilting the court. We were shrinking the court. We were building walls. I mean, we, we, we were icing it. We, you know, we were stunting. There were just so many situations that we were trying to do to make him have to give the ball up or think about what he was doing and why he was doing it. That, you know, that's, that's my responsibility to put that together. It's the player's responsibility uh, to execute it and yeah. to work it out amongst themselves because they're so talented. Got it. Got it. I mean, it, it, it's really, it's, it's a total effort of of uh of our belief system and everybody mattered yeah everybody mattered drone williams you know we wanted drone to sit on the bench drone matters to us because he he cares he loves his game he loves team power he was a part of it and just because he didn't play for us it it, it didn't mean that he shouldn't be with us ryan gums got hurt we had to let him go there's a reason he flew to the semis and, you know, the finals on his own dime because he's a part of our team. Xavier Silas, 
that guy is the most one of the most selfless people that I've ever seen or been around. Um, you know, he saw things from a coaching perspective that he'll be able to put into his game when he goes back and plays. Yeah. And yeah. we loved each other. We cared about each other. And we stood up for each other. Yeah. Um, one la- Two last questions. One from, I'm going to go for with one of these other Twitter questions here. Megan Valdez asks, do you have plans to coach again next season? And how do you plan to prepare your team to defend the championship title? I do. I do plan on being back next year. If, if uh, my team and Ice Cube want me, I will be back. Um, we're already talking about next season and how we can get better. And uh, by no stretch are we complacent. That's just not who we are. And you know, we'll look at the league next year and we'll see. You know what we have to do. Uh, is it strategic? Is it conditioning is it changing our playbook we will do what we have to do to get better awesome that's very cool um last but not least i just figured i'd ask this because i think there's a lot of people out there that are inspired by what you've done and how you've gone about um coaching playing throughout your career i just want to ask what if you know to the younger generation who may want to coach or may want to get involved in coaching at a high level like you've been able to do what is the what is the piece of advice that you would tell them i would tell them to grind you know people look at me and they'll go oh my gosh you know i can't believe she's coaching you know in the the nba or the d league g league now or the big three you you know I, i was a basketball hall of famer and i was going to coaches camp yeah yeah. And anywhere that I could learn how to coach, I played the game, but I had never, until I coached in the WNBA in, in 98, I had never coached before. You know, and you have got to be able to go out there and be around people who you can find as mentors and, you know, you can a- ask questions. Look, I went to NBA Summer League five years in a row on my own nickel before I got hired in the, in the uh, NBA. I had to learn the game, the, the terminology, the strategy. And I thought I knew the NBA, but there was a lot I didn't know. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. Um, this is Nancy Lieberman. This is the big three show that you're listening to. Uh, your host, Oliver Maroney. And I really, really want to thank you for your time, Nancy. And once again, congratulations on all the success, the championship. Uh, it was just an honor even to be in the same locker room and see the celebration and be a part of that because uh, it did feel special. And uh, once again, I, I really appreciate your time. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, the coverage. All right, that's Nancy Lieberman. You're listening to The Big Three Show, and uh, we'll have another one as soon as Season 3 starts kicking up. Big Three. Big Three, come on.
to the bees, dropping threes, trilogies, companies.